all doing this morning? Good. Uh, my daughter kept me up until 2.15, so I'm just going to need some of that energy in me this morning, okay? <laughs> Our mission here at Living Word is to be a body of believers who follow the life and teaching of Jesus Christ and to help others do the same. We get that straight out of Matthew 28. And we carry out that mission statement through our vision statement to connect with God and one another, to grow in community, and to leverage our lives to serve others. Now, as a staff, we break down each one of these parts, connect, grow, serve. We break those down to make up our vision statement, and we do so to give us tangible opportunities, structures, rhythms, and resources for our daily lives that help us live out our mission. In the Connect portion, we offer different events like the church picnic um, and Connect lunches throughout the year. In our Grow portion, we offer small groups, different classes, mentoring opportunities. And then we break that last point, serve, into three different categories of opportunities to serve. Serving here, near, and far. Serving here, meaning this body, you and I, us in this room, you at home, this body, okay? Serving near, meaning this, our city, the o uh, city of Oak Harbor and our island, and then serving far, meaning around the globe. Now we preach and go over our mission and vision statements at least once a year on a Sunday morning during our time together, and guess what? Today is not that day. <laughs> Uh, kind of, kind of. Jesus says the phrase truly, truly 25 times in the book of John. And this summer, we have dedicated our time to look at some of those statements, to listen to the words that Jesus says, to let the Holy Spirit work within us, and then allow the Spirit to shape us into little Jesuses that go out into this world so that others may come to know who he is. Today is no different. We are going to do just that. The truly statement uh, that we are going to look at today is in John chapter 13. And this is when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It is believed that this event that we're reading about today in scripture happened on Monday, Thursday, which is the day before Jesus goes to the cross and dies on the cross. Okay, And the dinner that they are sitting down to is better known as the Last Supper. Yeah. Now, every time I sit down to read this story, especially this past week, I felt the Lord bringing my attention to that last portion of our vision statement, leveraging our lives to serve. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us this morning, to use the lens of these verses and take inventory of our serving. Okay, so we're going to do just that in hopes that the Holy Spirit will work out a tangible way forward to personally looking like Jesus in this world through serving here, near, and far. Sound good? All right, will you guys pray with me before we begin? Father, this morning, as we gather together, would you speak to us? Holy Spirit, we invite you here among us and to work within us. Speak, show, hold, and empower us to follow, love, and serve you and your people. For of you, through you, and to you are all things. 
to whom be the glory forever. Amen. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, Listen along with me as I read our scripture for today. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart of this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, he got up from the table. He took off of his robe. He tied a, let me put this down here. He tied a towel around himself. He poured water to the basin. And he began to wash the disciples' feet. He would wash and he would wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Now he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him then, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, well, unless I wash you, you will have no share with me. Simon Peter quickly Uh, said back to him, Oh Lord, then, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. (laughs) Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. After he washed their feet, took the towel off. Sorry. Put his robe back on. And he returned to the table, and he said to them, Do you know what I have done? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are no greater than their master nor the messenger is greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so let's dive in. What does this teach us about serving here, serving the body, you and I, us in this room? What does, it, what does this scripture teach us about serving the body that makes up living word? Whether it be within these four walls, those four walls, or outside of these walls. When we look at who is present in this story around that table, we see that Jesus, they really didn't have tables, you guys, okay? <laughs> um, we see that Jesus was gathered with his 12 disciples in this secluded upper room. And oftentimes when I read this passage or participate in communion like we did last week, I forget that the original time and space of learning and engaging in this specific practice, one that has greatly impacted our walk, one that we participate in even to this day, I forget 
that that time was only with his closest 12. <coughs> Simon Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas Iscariot. These men had names, and they knew each other. They knew each other's faults, each other's tendencies, each other's strengths. They knew each other's hearts. They knew that each person around that circle was as different as the person next to them. And they knew that they were all gathered and called together because of the one whom they served, their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, this story took place with Jesus's closest humans behind closed doors. Okay, it was intimate and vulnerable. There wasn't an audience of people from the outside watching them. Walls were down, hearts were known, and they were safe as Jesus' own whom he loved. Isn't it interesting that we don't get a peek into everyone's heart in such a vulnerable time? I kind of wish that we did, right? We're told that Judas's uh, uh, heart is already turned away from the Lord and that he's going to betray him. But really, the only person's heart that we kind of get a glimpse into here is Simon Peter. And I think that we can all identify with him a little bit. Peter is shocked, to say the least, by Jesus's act of washing their feet. He's probably thinking that Jesus, he, like he can't figure it out. He's probably thinking that Jesus is in some way probably denying his role as Lord uh, because of what he was doing. You see, because in this time period, culturally sitting down for a meal actually looked like laying down for a meal. There were no chairs. They would lounge on pillows, okay? And it was customary for all people to wash their feet upon the entrance of a home especially if a meal was going to be shared. So usually a bowl would be set out right at the front of the house and there would be a servant available to wash feet as people came in. Now because these men were in strangers, when was in a stranger's upstairs furnished room, it probably didn't come with a bowl of water and a servant to wash their feet. And I can bet that the general unspoken thought in the room was, Nah, we can let washing our feet slide this time. It's just us. No one is watching, and we all don't really feel like doing it. Washing. Wash the feet of all of his people that he loved. It came as a shock. Jesus, who knew every one of those men's hearts, even Judas, his betrayer, he gets down to serve them and wash their feet. He's not lowering his authority as Lord, as Peter was questioning. He is eliminating any excuse from his followers to avoid humility and service, especially among his disciples. Jesus leaves no room for doubt in interpreting his own action of washing feet. You call me teacher and Lord, Jesus says this, right? And you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, 
Servants are no greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. Jesus' response, he was essentially saying, you are not above me. So if I act humbly and in support of others, you have no right to refuse to do the same. Friends, I want you to look to your left and to your right. Make eye contact with them, as uncomfortable as it may be. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. I see you, okay? We must mutually submit, support, and care for, and serve each other. As Peter says in 1 Peter 2, as servants of God live as free people, yet do not use your freedom as a pretext for evil. Honor everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Don't think yourself above serving our younger generation or any generation for that matter. Don't don't think you're above receiving service from others. Don't use your words against each other. Don't write people off because of past experiences. Don't disregard people that are older, younger, vote differently, look differently, or think differently. Don't think yourself above serving because you are an entitled child of God. No, because you are a free child of God. Be unoffendable. Be free to keep going deeper into the mystery of God. Keep honoring, loving, growing, and serving the family of believers. These people around you that you just made eye contact with. Don't wait until you have it all together to start serving each other. Or wait for the, until the timing finally works out because it will rarely be convenient. If you're stuck in a scarcity mindset, let me remind you that as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, you have been planted in abundant life to give. Jesus looked at each of the 12 men around that table, looked into their hearts, and chose to serve intimately and vulnerably. Now, back in the day, I was a collegiate athlete. <laughs> I threw the shot put, I brought along pictures, because they're always so much fun. <laughs> okay, so to be the best, to do the best, it was imperative that intimacy and vulnerability was present between myself and my coach and myself and my teammates. My coach knew all that there was to know about throwing a shot put, and I had all the drive and talent to be the best shot putter, okay? But it took more than his knowledge and more than my talent to actually make something happen, right? We had to put it into practice. My coach had to learn my tendencies, my weaknesses, my strength, my pattern. I had to learn humility <laughs> in taking what he was saying. I had to learn his tendencies and his patterns. We had to develop trust, respect, and admiration for each other. If my teammates wanted to encourage me in any way, they needed to go through the same process with me. We needed to develop trust and respect in order to carry out the mission of what we were doing. Now, we aren't trying to be the best athletes in this room, okay? 
but we are all brothers and sisters in Christ on the same mission of following the life and teaching of Jesus. Just as my coach and my teammates showed up to serve me and I them to make us the best, Jesus, our Lord and teacher, showed up and served each one of the, their disciples, his disciples, despite their past, present, and future. The time is now to serve others and accept service from others. I'm going to say that again, because sometimes that last part is like, it's the hardest one. The time is now to serve others and accept service from others in this body with intentional, intentional vulnerability and intimacy so that God, the God of this universe, that God can be glorified within us. Okay, serve here, serve each other, it matters, okay? Let's move on to serving near. What can this scripture teach us about serving our city and our island? Have you ever been told, or have you ever told your kid, action speaks louder than words? Yeah? Well, if it were up to me, I would add a few more words to that. Something along the lines of actions, attitude, and motive speak louder than words. So make sure you know, or make sure that people know, why you're doing what you're doing. Now, my new phrase would have to be more catchy than that, right? <laughs> but do you get what I'm saying? Jesus, in his truly statements, is essentially saying something similar to this. He's saying, I'm not greater than the God who sent me. You're not greater than me. This isn't a game. You know that. I didn't exchange my form of God for a form of a servant. The form of God in me is actually revealed in the form of a servant. Did not exchange. It was revealed. Be blessed in humility. Be blessed in service. Be blessed to do. People will come to know you by your humility and service. That was wrong. People will come to know him, not me in our humility and service. Helping someone in the name of Jesus has power. So make sure your actions, attitude, and motives are rooted in the Lord. What I love about Jesus in this story, being fully human and fully God, is that he knew that actions speak louder than words, and so he got up from the table and he showed them, okay? Oh, but it's so much more than that. His actions in washing the disciples' feet actually connects to the greater work of what he was doing on this earth. Okay, listen to this with me. This is from a commentary that I read. Jesus rose from supper, a place of rest and comfort, just as Jesus rose from his throne in heaven, a place of rest and comfort. Jesus laid aside his garments, taking off, his robe, his covering, just as Jesus laid aside his glory, taking off his heavenly covering. Jesus took a towel and girded himself, ready to wash the feet, ready to work, just as Jesus took the form of a servant and came to earth ready to work. Jesus poured water into a basin, ready to clean, just as Jesus poured out his blood on the cross, to cleanse us from guilt and penalty of sin. Jesus sat down again after washing their feet just as Jesus sits 
at the right hand of God our Father after cleansing us. It is a parable in action, setting out that great principle of lowly service, which finds its supreme embodiment in the cross. When we are rooted in the work of Jesus Christ, his spirit, which is promised to us, will lead us to opportunities to serve others. And it will most likely happen in our everyday life right in front of us at work, at the store, on the sidewalk. One spirit-filled action at a time and people will come to know Jesus through our humble service. We don't serve to get ahead or to gain something. Jesus isn't waiting for our signed volunteer sheet to be turned in. We serve so that people will come to know the gospel of Jesus Christ from us. There are too many verses now this morning to go over, but if you need some ideas as to how to serve others in our city or in your job or on the street corner of our island, I have just a couple of verses for you, and I encourage you to deep dive into scripture because there are many, many more, okay? But here are some tangible ways. Matthew, for I was hungry and you gave me food, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. In Romans, love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Galatians, for you are called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only not to use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love serve one another. From Acts, in all this, I have given you an example that by such work, we must support the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. From Philippians, let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. That's a hard one. And lastly, Luke, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you give will be the measure that you get back. This is not new news. Our city and island desperately need to know Jesus. Be encouraged that it is the Lord who speaks and it is the Lord who calls. It's only our job to serve and to be used. Serve near. Actions attitude and motives speak louder than words so make sure you know what why you're doing what you're doing okay last but not certainly least serving far what can this scripture teach us about serving the world now even though this event happened within four walls in the city of jerusalem with the 12 disciples the first verse that we read today um, says that Jesus knew his final hour had come to depart of this world and go to the Father. He loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. I want to explore this thought of Jesus loving his own who were in the world until the end really quick together. Because oftentimes we shrink the real, actual globe to fit into our little American world. Now, Jesus' public ministry was coming to a close, right? In close to 24 hours, Jesus would be hanging on the cross, 
and he used his last hours on this earth to serve and prepare the disciples to bring the gospel to the world. Jesus had loved his disciples. He led them, he taught them, he cared for them, and he protected them. Now, up until this point, Jesus had done some things for all men, okay? But he had done all the things for these 12 men. <laughs> up until this point, right? That was all about to change because Jesus went and died on the cross. When he did that, it was an act for all men. It was God's wider love on display for the whole world. Now, when you accept God's wider love offer of Jesus Christ, his son, when you personally confess and profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that big, wide love, it becomes very small and very intimate and personal. You are now loved by him, and you are now known as Jesus' own and it is in this that you will experience the fullness of his love as you follow him. Jesus' disciples knew this. They experienced the fullness of his love in being with and following him. They lived it and they were being prepared to be sent into the world. Jesus' love didn't end when he died on the cross. When it says that Jesus loved them to the end, what that means is that he will never stop loving his own. It isn't a love that comes and goes. It is even here today, and it reaches to the full extent, his love to the end. Which means that this story we read today isn't just a nice, encouraging Bible story. <laughs> It means that the full love experience in Jesus Christ is alive and available to not only us, but to the whole world. So to the whole world, we must go. We don't go because we have more to offer them than our teacher does. We don't go because we are greater than the one who is sending us. We go because Jesus has asked us to. We go with the attitude and posture of humbly serving others for the sake that they may come to know and believe in Jesus. So serve far. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for the whole world, not just us here, not just on Whidbey Island, not just Washington, not just the United States, the whole world. And Jesus asks us to do the same as he did to the whole world. Serve humbly. Worship team, you guys can come on up as I close this. After Jesus washes the feet, they continue their dinner, right? Jesus leads them in their first communion. And then Judas, his betrayer, is dismissed to leave. Jesus says, like, you may now go and do what you're going to do. <laughs> After serving him. Judas leaves, right? And after he leaves, Jesus charges the disciples with a new commandment. It is this. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple, if you have love for one another.
How many times does he say, one, love one another, love one another, love one another? Friends, when we go beyond trusting Jesus as just the cleanser of our souls to a place of being willing to accept Jesus' example as the pattern for our lives, the gospel will go out in a powerful way. Here among this body, here in our city and on our island, all the way around the world. Loving and serving doesn't start and end on a Sunday morning. It is meant to be embodied among all believers, rooted in his spirit living within us so that the whole world may come to know and glorify God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come on a Sunday morning to open your word, to invite your spirit here to work, to transform, so that we may go out of here representing you to the world so that your kingdom may come. So Father, I get out of the way, me, Amy, get out of the way right now. Spirit, come. Meet us personally. Speak to us. Convict us. Empower us. We come and say sorry, Lord. Forgive us. continue to abide in your name, in your spirit. Would you open our eyes to the people around us, right in front of us, Lord, our family, our co-workers, people in this room, strangers on the street corner, strangers in the grocery store. Father, lead us in the way in which you want to use us for the glory of your much.